19th edition of The Relevant Podcast, the audio companion to Relevant Magazine and RelevantMagazine.com. Dot com. <laughs> I'm Cameron Strang, and here with me is the editorial crew, editorial director Kara Davis. Hello. Managing editor Tyler Clark. Hi there. And Jesse Carey. How's it going today? It's another cool podcast because we have some fun features for you. We have a live in-studio performance by The Myriad. And a very special announcement at the end of the podcast. All we have to do, all we have to say is, has something to do with Tyler and a ring of fire. <laughs> First up, your entertainment releases coming out in theaters tonight, May 19th. We've got Over the Hedge, starring Bruce Willis, Gary Shanling, Gene Wilde. I cannot wait for this movie. I, I'm really not into like the computer animated ones, but this one looks funny. Yeah, it does. I'm, I'm excited. I can't tell if you're joking or not. No, I'm dead serious. Oh. It looks phenomenal. Okay. There's like fart jokes and stuff. Great. <laughs> Which perfect for us. Means cinematic phenomenalness. Oh what? phenomenality. Phenomenon. Something like a phenomenon. <laughs> See no evil. Uh, scary. Which is scary. It's about blindness. Is it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No. I was gonna say I, I wasn't aware. Yeah, it's a it's a movie, it's a horror movie that has a wrestler in it. It's got he's <laughs> Recipe in, for Success. Um and also the Satan Code. <laughs> the Da Vinci Code's coming out, uh, directed by Ron Howard, starring Tom Hanks. Oh, I hadn't heard they were making a movie version of that. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, The um, Da Vinci what? At the Cannes Film Festival, where it was previewed, in one scene, scene during the film that was supposed to be really serious, uh, it elicited prolonged laughter from the audience, according to CNN.com article. And then when the credits rolled, there was no applause, only a few cat calls and hisses. And um, in the U.S., uh, the reactions weren't that good either. Yeah, uh, apparently, Kansas is a really tough crowd, but even for them, it, it was really bad. Like, mm-hmm. it's, just a, it's just a bad movie. Yeah, sweet. Yeah, like every because all the talk. It's been such a hyped movie, but See, it's I all thought been about Satan was the creative angel or something, <laughs> and that he had all the good art. It or should something be like really that. good. It then, should right? be awesome if. Sorry, uh, I guess. Yeah, they I say mean, there's Brown no there's no chemistry him. between the the hero and the heroine in Tom Hanks's performance and haircuts. Yeah, it's called <laughs> um, remote, even wooden. Yeah, I didn't really the little bit of I read of the book. I wasn't too impressed before you got convicted. Yeah, before I burned it. I hope it. you repented before you burned it. But you I see mean, the office. But, but it did sell sixty million copies. Where they were doing on the office, they were doing the um they they had a fire drill, and so they were standing outside, yeah. and they're like, "All right, what three books did you take to a desert island?" And Angela was like, "The Bible." And the purpose-driven life, yeah. <laughs> and then and then a few minutes later, she's like, "Oh," and then somebody else said the Da Vinci Code. And she goes, "Oh, I'd take the Da Vinci Code to burn it." Yeah, and Dwight's great. like, "That's good. That's smart. Survival. You need fire." No, he was making fun of her because he's like, "Oh yeah, that's good. That that fire would last oh, yeah, like yeah. three minutes." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Man, I would the, take Warren Peace totally for that reason. 
burn yeah. longer. Kindling for a year. I would just say <laughs> telephone books. What can I say? But you can't read it while you burn it. Well, you can. It'd just be boring. <laughs> You'd have no one to call. <laughs> for help. Yeah. How so would you true. get off the island? It would just be more irony. Anyway. I would bring a survival guide of sorts. Like Christian culture survival guide? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Available now at relevantstore.com. <laughs> Album's releasing on Tuesday, May 23rd. We've got Angels and Airwaves. We don't need to whisper. Okay, we won't. We don't need to. Yeah, I got a letter like, what is up with Kara's creepy whispering in last week's podcast? Were you doing that? I didn't even notice it. Yeah. You were? Yeah, I did it like three times. Because, you know, sometimes I don't talk loud enough on the podcast, so I thought, hmm, maybe if I'll whisper, somebody will hear me. And they heard you and were deeply disturbed. (laughs) So no more whispering. Angels and Airwaves is the new band from the Blink-182 guy, Tom DeLong, And yep. it's got, it's kind of a super group. It has the drummer from The Offspring and the guitar and bass player from The Distillers and Boxcar Racer. See, it's a super group, but not really all that super. Yeah. <laughs> I was just going to say, it doesn't sound super to Well, me. I mean, by the, by the super group definition yeah. of people of from multiple people from other failed bands, bands getting together to make a well, new they're band. They're not, they're not like... I mean, they were moderately successful, all those bands in their time, you know. Point taken. We're okay. moving on. Fair Halifax, enough. the ine- inevitability of a strange world. Man. Again, awkward band. Uh, Tongue twisters. Titles. Yeah. Johnny Cash, personal file, previously unreleased material yeah, coming out on Columbia. It's actually, he's got a couple previ- like albums that he had he wasn't able to release yet that's that's actually a recording session from the 70s that's just been shelved he hadn't been able to get that one out the walkman 100 miles off on the on the uh, label record collection mm. i like generic label names yeah records <laughs> um, <laughs> records records <laughs> records records mission of burma obliterati oh i said it well oh, nice. done first nice. take right there <laughs> on matador uh the classic crime is a Christian band, ironically named the Classic Crime. They're on Tooth and Nail. Yeah, they're on Tooth yep. and Nail. Albatross is the album. And down here, the album is called Wide-Eyed and Mystified. Sounds like a CeeLo lyric or something. Uh, on Centricity. Uh, so check that out. Good that, stuff. That'll do it for releases. Up next, Slices. listening to mindy smith the song is come to jesus currently playing on relevant tv and the song you heard at the beginning of the podcast is Anne berlin paper thin hymn which is currently the featured video over at relevant tv which you can find at relevant.tv go there vote for your top 10 and watch an online music video channel we put a lot of effort into that we'd appreciate your uh, your viewership and now with Slices, here's Kara Davis. On Friday of last week on Britney Spears' website, not that I visit there, but this was posted you on... You visit there. <laughs> I've seen the bookmark. But a, fr- a friend of mine told me. Yeah, yeah. this was on ChristianityToday.com. Um, Britney <laughs> posted a message that simply said, I no longer study Kabbalah. My baby is my religion. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> and, and people look up to her. 
That poor baby. Yeah, that's, that baby has no chance standard. of growing up normal. I mean, look at who the mother and father are. Yeah. K-fed. Yeah. Although I will say that if her baby ends up being the second coming, <laughs> eggs on all of our faces. <laughs> Snap, Brittany. What you got? <laughs> what the heck was that? <laughs> Here's a mildly unrelated slice. There is, there's a new trend in ministry, and there, there's a story running on the internet right now that kind of talks about it, that a lot of these megachurch pastors are becoming product pitchmen outside of the ministry. There's a pastor of a big church in Tampa that can be seen on late night infomercials selling Omega XL fatty acid pills for forty nine nine forty nine dollars and ninety nine cents. Thank White, you for that Paul price White. point. What's that? Who is it? His name is Randy White and his wife <laughs> Paula it's, White. No, they have uh, their churches without walls. Uh, yeah, the, lar- the fastest growing church in the nation. It's huge. But it's so big they can't even have walls to contain it. <laughs> but he, he, he makes statement on the infomercial like, I guarantee you unequivocally it's going to change your life. Which coming from a pastor like Jesus. Yeah, yeah. coming from a pastor it's like but he he also says But you what know, if it does? Have you tried it? What if his claim is true? Omega XL fatty acid pills. But what the money it, he's making you, could be you know, helping expand his ministry. Well he, he, he actually could be feeding the poor that. with the fatty acid pills. He actually touched on that. Um he said he keeps his the money separate, though he does occasionally like he he'll have a scholarship foundation or something. But he run he runs both of the, his operations separate. Now I'm I'm I completely see what you're saying about it feeling not right that a pastor is on an infomercial hawking products. But I noticed I know a lot of pastors, large pastors that have successful business enterprises. And, and because of those, they actually don't draw salaries from their churches or from their ministries. And so more of the funds from the ministries can, you know, stay to ministry and they actually support themselves by doing, you know, whether they own a a car wash or they own a, actually, I know a, a pastor locally that actually, uh, charters jets, and so he owns jets, mm-hmm. and so he can fly for free to ministry stuff on his own charter jet company, and other people essentially pay for it and stuff like that. You know, there's a lot of ministers who do stuff. Here's like that. Here's my thing: I I don't, you know, I don't really know this guy personally or anything. I'm not making I'm not making judgments about him, but it's one thing to have a business. I'm not I'm not anti-capitalist or anything, but it's another thing to use your pinko. Your personality that people automatically associate with the ministry and make statements like it's going to unequivocally change your life when you're selling vitamins. Have, you, making, have you tried them? No, but he's making five dollars so a you bottle. Don't know. He also, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with wealth, but he lives on a two point seven million dollar state, which his business interest paid for. Drives a Bentley and a Mercedes Benz, and he developed his uh, his name pretty much from being a pastor and ministering to people, but and now he's using it to sell a product, which I'm not my I'm not, I'm not going to go and say it's wrong. My wife bought a book but. at Borders from a prominent female minister, and the book is, basically the message of the book is how to look great, feel great, and have a, a great life, you know, and obviously spiritual component is part of it, but it was mm-hmm. how to be healthy and happy and, mm-hmm. you know, dressed for success, that kind of thing, you know. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to draw draw a line like if pastors go out speaking for money or motivational speaking even if it's not religious oriented or any like you said any business and we I think a while back we talked about the um, 
preachers who you know have the big fancy cars and lots of properties and homes and it, I think that they're under the microscope more because of what they do but it's really hard to put you know to draw a line and say well this is to be frowned upon but yeah, this is enough and that's all a minister can have yeah. you know I'm playing I'm literally playing devil's advocate the thing is is like who am I I mean I'm, I'm going I don't know that person's heart I don't know if I'm just saying mm. devil's advocate here he's out there what if truly <laughs> these amino acids will change your life. I'm not kidding. What if it's a legitimate claim? A, we've not mm-hmm. tried them. B, what if in his personal life, he donates all the fatty acid money to the hungry? I mean, what if we, you know, again, we don't know. But, but where, where does he get a, a two and a half million dollar house in Bentleys and Mercedes? How do you know he doesn't have other business interests? How do you know he doesn't? But I mean, like, it's and, the same and, principle. hold on. He has a two and a half million dollar house and he has nice cars. Okay. So let's say his total... Stuff that he owns costs three and a half million dollars. Let's just say that. What if, in the course of his career and ministry, he has earned, devil's advocate, fifty million dollars? He has purchased three and a half million dollars worth of stuff, and he's lived on or invested the other one and a half million. What if he's given away forty-five million dollars? What if? And he lives on a three and a half million dollar life, and he's made fifty million. What if he gave away forty-five million dollars? We don't know that. Mm-hmm. What if, on the other hand, he's made $1 million and he lives a $3.5 million life? You tell me which, which scenario is in the wrong. We don't know his situation. It is wrong for us to judge him publicly. I'm, I'm not casting judgment on yeah, you him. I, I'm just saying it's a, it can be a slippery slope. Of course it can. When you make statements... The, I mean, what when, if when an amino you're, acid really well, can't change well, your life? The thing, what if somebody has scoliosis and this amino acid would heal their scoliosis, literally changing their well, life? Well, here's the thing. When, I have scoliosis. When, when, <laughs> I think I have too many fatty acids. When, when, when you people, should donate them to the hungry. When, when people... It would change their life. <laughs> when these guys will pitch a product in exchange for money... With the same passion and fervor. What I mean, what's the difference between between that and and you know when we're selling you know a book a book yeah or, my church has a bookstore people, and know? they recommend but like at our men's conference they recommend you need this book it will change your life well you know the church you know I don't know if they I'm assuming they get a small profit from that or or this other minister who wrote a book about how how to have have a happy fulfilled mm-hmm. life that's a commercial book that mm-hmm. it was on a major New York publisher it wasn't a spiritual book it's no different and again we don't know their heart there's some people who some ministers who love money and it's wrong and they're but but at what point do you draw the line is Kara's church's bookstore any different from us selling books that we hope will change their life, but we're not selling only ministry books. We sell books that are funny or just, you know, whatever too. How's that any worse than this pastor uh, selling amino acids that aren't spiritual? I mean, the people look to us for spiritual guidance. Sometimes they look to our, us as a Christian organization, just like a Christian ministry. And but, it's just like, and but, but they're aware that we, we are a for profit company. And about the cars and the houses and things like that. I've heard it said like, for you know, high-profile ministers to connect and network with other people who have money to support their ministries, they're 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 expected to have a certain level standard of living that they're able to hobnob with these other people. Um, it, and it, you know, money in and of itself isn't evil; right. it's the condition of the heart. Jesus never said that rich people are sinning. They, but mm-hmm. it's the love of money. It's it's the rich young rulers, the Derek Webb song. It's Jesus wants the thing that we can't give up. But, but I, it's but it's interesting that he picked that analogy. 
he could have picked he could have chosen anything you know to to make his point but he chose well, a because, rich young ruler well because the rich young ruler said i've done this i've done this i've done this i've done this and he goes that's cool well then go ahead and sell everything you own and follow me he's doing that one thing that the rich young ruler wouldn't give up but, but i'm just saying like it's interesting that that was included in scripture and not not somebody else who who whose thing that they couldn't give up was money but on the flip side there's a parable called the talents which uses money to teach the principle of stewardship. Jesus talked about how when God entrusts you with something, he expects you to multiply it. And if you bury it or don't do anything with it, he, then you are cursed. Then that's bad. You know, it's like the parable of the talents was like, here, I've given you this amount of money. I want you to go and multiply this. I want you to further it. Uh, and, and, and he could have said, uh, I've given you the speaking ability. He could have said this. No, he used the analogy of money. So money isn't a problem. You know, he was blessing the person who made more money with the money that he was given in that analogy, in that parable. So, I mean, it's not like Jesus used money in a negative light. He used it in a positive light as well. Well, I'm not saying it's exclusively negative. I, I'm just saying it can become a slippery slope. And I just I just think it's dangerous, how, like I said, this guy. How, what if he sees, what if this pastor sees what he's doing as, a ta- as the parable of the talents? Jesus has given him a platform, given him a certain number of resources. And if he goes and invests it and, and then promotes whatever the thing he's invested in to further it, it will thereby generate more revenue and more money to support the ministry and to support him. So he then then could go further that to do, and he goes from a little tiny local ministry to a multinational ministry that's impacted millions of lives. And to do that, he had to have a tent making. The Bible talks about a tent making thing, you know, where you do something on the side to support your ministry. And what if he's doing this as a tent making thing to support the ministry? It's a parable of the talents. He's furthering it. I'm, I Again, I don't know Randy White's heart in this. I don't know if he's in it just to make a buck or if he's really doing it to fuel a larger ministry. I don't know. I don't know. And none of us do. You're absolutely right. It's a slippery slope. It is absolutely a gray area. But whether it's an infomercial about amino acids, a church bookstore promoting a book from the stage that they will profit from, or us selling a book or in our individual lives, spending money on a video game that isn't you know, going to further our lives. You know, I mean, it's the question is, is like, how does this apply to all of us? And him being on an infomercial is no different than somebody else whose love, their heart is video games. And that's what they lust after. That's what they covet. And they spend money on that, that they shouldn't be spending on it, that they should be tithing with or something like that there. You know, that is, what is that maybe worse. It's on a much different scale, but is that maybe worse than what Randy White's doing? I don't know, man. I mean, it's like we all have to take personal inventory of our own lives and we all have to just say, Hey, you know what? There's biblical principles at play. God, God knows the heart. And, and the Bible talks about that. If your love is of money and that's the things you're chasing, God's not going to bless that in the long run. You know? Well, I think for, for me, I just, I put myself in the perspective of someone who's a non-believer and Looking like, at that. Yeah, yeah and, I, and I say, sure. and I say yeah. I'm going to this church with this guy. And again, I'm not trying. I, it's kind of doing the same thing, just playing the devil's advocate on the other side. But I, I go to this. So you'd be Jesus' advocate. <laughs> yeah, so, so I'm going to play the role of Christ's advocate here. <laughs> Why, well, you guys are the devil. No. <laughs> but like if I visited his church and I'm not familiar sure. with, with things, and, and I see him like passionately from the pulpit, you know, trying to get across these ideas. And I come home later that night and I turn on the TV 
and, and he's just as fervently trying to sell me the amino acids, it, it could throw up a red flag and just be like, okay, is this guy after my wallet or is he after my heart, you know? And which, you know, I'm not, like I said, I don't know, I've never met him, but I'm just saying as a non-believer, it could cause me to throw up a red flag. I think there's a lot of validity to that, but I think that um, at the same time, you could say, if you meet anybody who's, who any sort of salesman, uh, who's who's trying to sell something, and hopefully they're, they're who's a Christian. Yeah, who who's a Christian, and they're selling their product with passion and with vigor, and then that same person is you know is then leading someone to the Lord, is is then talking yeah. about their faith, is, is that tainted about, then? Yeah, and I think you know, to to hold a pastor to a different standard, I'm not sure is something that we should do, but I, but I think that well, you I do mean, have a valid they, point there. They, they volunteer. I mean, no one forced them to to go into professional ministry. But well, what, what about what about successful businessmen who make millions and millions and millions of dollars, and then they walk away from it to enter the ministry? Okay, yeah, and. You know, it's like they still live the lifestyle that they can afford, you know, because the Lord's blessed them with that stuff and they have the nice cars or something like that and they go start a church. I know actually quite a, I know it's a lot of these stories. They were successful in business. They had so much money, they just could walk away and they went and started some churches and stuff and they still live a really nice lifestyle. That could be a stumbling block for a lot of people. But I mean, look at their life and their heart. They actually left the pursuit of money and things like that. Okay. That's not exactly the point you're making, but I'm saying you can't, you can't live your life based on, could somebody look at this and go, you know, a question, my validity or my faith because, because everybody's levels is different. I mean, think about this, like, you know, you could walk into a church and see him pull up in a Bentley and go, what the crap is my tithe money going to? But you don't know that his amino acids actually paid for that Bentley. Mm. Nothing from the church paid for that Bentley. Mm. And you, you don't, or you could go to a church or somebody else could come to a church and the pastor could pull up in an Oldsmobile, but they're driving a clunker and they're offended that the pastor's driving an Oldsmobile. That's too mm. nice for the pastor. At what, what level, you know, is there a clear across the board, you know, and two, if you're pastoring a 50 member church, and you drive an Oldsmobile, you might actually be hurting the church more than Randy White, who's pastoring a 20,000-person church who drove a Bentley. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, like, percentage-wise. And, and I understand, but, like, I do think people in the ministry are held to a higher standard because people automatically look to them as an example and a leader. Like, they put themselves so, in leadership. they can't do anything so, outside no, of the No, pulpit. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying they need well, yeah, to... Well, yeah, that's what you are saying. No, no, I'm no, just... you are. No, because he's doing something outside the pulpit. What he, are you saying? I know. I'm just saying, like, I think it's a little bit different than just the average Joe who's successful and who's also a Christian. If if you're a professional, if you make your living or if you make a part of your living, like, in the ministry, like, people automatically look towards you. And I think it, you just, it just, to me, it just but, seems but, like but, a But what's slipper- the standard then? What's the standard? What What is the okay amount of wealth a successful pastor can have? I mean, it, I, I can't, I can't make that. I can't tell someone what they can and can't do. But a, pas- you know? a pastor who drives a BMW is okay, but a pastor who drives a Bentley is not. No, I'm just, I'm just saying... You're just like, saying it's tacky for him to sell amino acids on TV. But why is amino acids bad, but a book that's just about uh, looking and feeling good, not bad? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And if like, it is bad, holy cow, a lot of pastors do stuff like that. Mm. You know? And and then, if it's just positive life stuff, which is what that book is, you know, if, if that's not okay, and everything a pastor needs to do has to be Jesus-focused, there's a lot of stuff in pastors' lives that aren't mm. Jesus-focused. Why did they go to that movie? If we're holding on to a different standard, I'm being serious. I'm not, I'm not trying to do an extreme statement. I'm being serious. 
Why would they watch CNN? Mm. At what point can they do non-Jesus focused stuff if they're a pastor? It's like our discussions about what makes good music and good art. Does it have to be Christian art? I don't know if that's mm. related, but it's what it reminds me of. And and so, you know, it comes, well, you know, positive stuff. Okay, if they're living a good life that's Jesus focused, they can do stuff. That's fine. It's good to have good art appreciated in your life, even if you're a pastor. Well, let me write a book about living a good life. I just find the difference. I think it's interesting that if they're on TV saying you got to buy this, it's worse than I just put the product out there and hope you buy it. And, and do a speaking tour. And do a speaking and tour. Or there's other ads for it or something like that. Well, I mean, obviously, only only God can judge and he looks at the heart and he knows. He does. Well, well I, <laughs> Tupac said it best. <laughs> only God can judge me. Only God, only God can judge me. But, but what I'm saying, like, if it's, a, if it's a motivation, like, I genuinely want to do this because I think it's going to help people. If it's not just... I just want to get, I just want to, like you said, make a buck off this. Well, it's different, but I, it's not, well, I, I'm Randy, not saying I'll I can make this, that judgment. What, what I do know about Randy White is he doesn't need to make a buck. I'm, I'm serious. Like financially, they're mm-hmm. fine. <laughs> and so that makes me think that maybe there is something he to it. He believes in the product. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He really maybe believes in the product. And maybe because he has such enthusiasm for the product, just kind of pure-heartedly he's just like this will change your life people because i mean like i feel so good after taking these dumb but things. he's getting five bucks a pop on it okay so it he's a good businessman so, like, <laughs> so so it'd be okay if he made three cents a pop no I, i'm just uh, saying it, it, I, I don't so think it's just pure if he's making 10 bucks a pop i'm just saying i don't think it's just pure passion for the quality of the product so he's a if, good if, if it was, if it was just pure this? if it was just pure passion well, why not, would he collect not, a check on not it? pure passion he's a businessman who only does business in the stuff he believes in maybe you know again He's a good businessman outside of the ministry. Let's have him on the podcast. And maybe yeah. this is just something, a product, an opportunity came along. He really believes in the product and and not only one to invest, but he believes in it as well. And I think, you know, there are a lot of Christians who are doing things just because, just for the paycheck. And I don't think that that's a bad thing. There are Christians who it's work at Starbucks, not because yeah. they, they love banking. coffee. That's what I call it. But they need to, you know, and, and from the sounds of it, it's not, it, it sounds like he doesn't, you know, need to do this to pay his bills. But I, I think to say that, you know, that he, he has to really believe in it. I don't know that I, that I really. Well, I'm um, saying, no, he's a good businessman. Oh yeah. He's, no, I'm, he's I'm actually about the parable of the talents. Mm-hmm. He's furthering the money. Maybe he invested mm-hmm. in it. Maybe he's investing his time and he gets $5 mm-hmm. a pop for his time. That's a good investment of time. I think, you know, so again, we don't know his heart. We don't know his situation. It's tough to make a call from, from, you know, the distance that we have. Yeah, I agree. And I'm not, and I, I all I'm saying is that, it, it can throw up, like I said, a flag to someone. It, if if I was a non-believer, I'm just saying that that could possibly turn me off. But there are a lot of things that can throw up a lot of flags to a lot of people, and I think like you need to be cautious Rock of those. Music and you and need church. to be, you know. Well, I think I mean, no, I'm serious. I mean, yeah, there's literally there are non non-Christians could come in and say this isn't reverential enough this mm-hmm. contemporary style mm-hmm. or they could come in and say you know that sound system that money should have gone to the poor they could come in and say i mean you could point to everything about american yeah. christianity and point holes in it you yeah. really could or, or what if you know non-believers come in and think oh i just thought christians were a bunch of country bumpkins but i see that they're good businessmen <laughs> i see that they're successful i mean this guy's got his life together mm-hmm. i Man, why am I struggling financially? I need to learn something from this guy. He I need represent- omega fatty acids. <laughs> but, but another another question that you can look at even in ministry is is the bigger, most monetarily, most monetarily, you know, uh, 
the, the people that have the most are is that automatically the most successful? Well, like, no, do we automatically equate? How do we know that the the fifty person church just down the street that it hasn't grown a lot, but the, a lot of fruit has come out of it from that of as member? Yeah, you, no, you, but at the same time, you you can't flip it and say that because these churches have this growth and have this money, and and because this pastor is driving this car and living in this house, that they're that they're not doing it right. Yeah, it's. Literally, God blesses different ministries for different reasons because they attract different people. The person who's attracted to the small church and the intimate ministry would not feel a place in a mega church. But there are people who are drawn to the spectacle of being in an arena with 17,000 other people, and that really ministers to them. They love the idea that God is a huge God, and they can see that when so they want to be part of something mm. massive, and they feel part of something massive when they go to a mega church. And the mega church won't exist unless. You know, mm-hmm. there's a lot of people, a lot of money, and a lot of resources there. Again, it's different ministries reach different people in different ways, and God uses all of them, and nothing's perfect. If there was a perfect model, we'd be doing it. You know, I mean, every, you know, we would have a model to hold up and say, this is what you have to do. But, you know, every church is different. Every life is different. You know, uh, the things that God would, rich young ruler here, the things that God would ask for from Tyler or from Jesse or from Kara or from me are different things because our hearts are different. And, you know, some of us uh, could handle success and some of us couldn't. Some of us could listen to secular music or drink or whatever, and some of us can't. Some of us, you know what I mean? And it's yeah, like mm-hmm. everybody's heart is different. God uses us in different ways and and puts different convictions in our lives. And 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 just because one my conviction is one way, I can't point to you and say that since your conviction is different, you know, yours is worse than mine. Or you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like we're all on a Outside journey of here. biblical guidelines. Mm-hmm. I mean, the only thing we have is the Holy Spirit and the Bible. That's all we have but i I mean there are certain things in the bible but anything outside of that would be personal Mm -hmm. conviction right i don't know if this if if this we've talked about this story on here or not but um i was talking to a friend of mine at the orcs campus crusade who said uh, that she was talking to someone else this friend of hers brought up you know this christian in particular uh, who has this really nice car and was you know this person was kind of casting judgments on that person that nice car saying you know like how can a christian like why why would a you know a christian not uh, be driving around in this big fancy whatever car and this girl who works at campus crusade at campus crusade responded by saying yeah that guy gave campus crusade a million dollars last year you know like just because there are a lot of christians who are not spending their money wisely and who right. are greedy and whose hearts are in the wrong place when it comes to money but there are people who have a lot who give a lot as well and i don't you know unless unless you do know that person's heart unless you have seen that person's uh uh, budget and whatnot. It's, it's just it's just hard to say. And, and I think one reason why money is kind of such a touchy thing is because it has. We've seen like high profile, and I and I know you know I don't I don't even know those guys are. I mean, if people made mistakes, they made mistakes. Mm-hmm. You know, like God forgives. But I think in the in the in public persona, it's easy for people to say, "Well, look what happened back yeah, then." Money corrupts. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Right. And so I think that's one reason why money seems to be a little bit different and especially in big ministry. And now I think I, I don't, I'm no, I don't like study the patterns of the church, but it seems like it kind of goes to an ebb and flow. Sure. And, and right now it's at a period where bigger is better. Yeah. And it's just well, kind of the trend it's kind of this prosperity gospel mm-hmm. thing, which yeah. I actually have a really 
difficult time with. I, I'm kind of recounting my comments over the last 20 minutes and mm-hmm. realizing some people may think that I'm very, very pro-wealth. And, and that's really not the case at all. I actually went to school, uh, college in Tulsa, Oklahoma, which is home of this faith movement, prosperity message kind of thing, where it's almost like your spiritual blessing or maturity can be counted in your bank account. And yeah, it's and, like, and, and, and that really bothered me. And I me. had a, I had a very similar me. experience. And I think that's why... Because you went to the same school. We did. And, but I... I uh, well, and I, I don't even want to, I don't even want to like judge them, but I've saw I seems like I yeah. I saw a lot there yeah. that it's easy to put a guard up when yeah, you see I, I walked out of that I walked out of that place just going I, I remember very 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 specifically one chapel service. Um it was a re- quote unquote revival service that we had and they brought in a this speaker uh to, you know, spiritual revival time and the entire sermon was about a new plane that he had just purchased. Never once opened the Bible. And basically, he just told this story about how he believed God for a plane and God gave him a plane. And I remember how disgusting it was. And I literally sat there on my seat and just like, God, if I'm ever in that situation and, and have that platform, please remind me what this looks like. Because I was so turned off by this, you yeah. know, how his spiritual faith was equated in monetary terms. And, and, and- uh, I had a similar experience where there, there was uh, several times where they, were, they they said, if you have a need, a financial need, I want you yeah. to raise your hand, yeah. you know? And so, like, every, you know, it, it doesn't matter what it is. If you have a financial so need. So, every college student raises their hand. Right. Yeah. And, but I wanted, it, it really made me think, like, if you're sitting in this chapel, you're most likely in the top 1% of people who have ever walked the earth as far as wealth is concerned. I think it's just you got to be careful like what is financial need and what is what's wealth. Want, want. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, okay, I, my whole take on on the prosperity gospel and all this is an issue of balance. Um, when our faith gets centered around one specific minute aspect of the gospel, it's out of balance. And yes, the Bible does talk about blessing. God is a good God. He would like to see his children happy. And he, I think he wants to give us the desires of our heart. You know, I don't think that there's necessarily anything wrong with people who have been blessed financially. I really don't. But the issue is balance and focus. And if that person is focused on their 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 mind monetary wants and God fulfilling those wants, then their faith and their folk, their, their really their spiritual walk is out of whack. And, and I think that that's where we err as an American church is when our focus gets off of God and onto things yeah. mm-hmm. or gets off of God and onto worship or gets off of God and gets onto social justice or gets off of God and gets onto one little thing that consumes us and we forget about the rest of the gospel. Mm-hmm. If it can't, you know, if it's not a balanced gospel and a balanced life, then then it's it's it falls into problems, okay? I think that the challenge for us and how we then go out and live our lives is living a life of balance. That when it comes to monetary things, it's okay if God entrusts us with them. But we have to hold everything in our lives with an open hand. The second we clasp onto it and clutch that thing, whether it's that car we want or that husband we want, or in my case, a wife we want, or or that house we want, or that job we want, we clutch onto it and hold onto it, it becomes mine. And once it becomes mine, it's idolatry, and it and it and it is not us trusting the Lord anymore. 
If we hold our lives with open hands, literally, like we view everything in our lives in open hands, it's relationships, it's, it's jobs, it's money, it's, it's everything we want and have in our lives. We hold it with open hands is open to the Lord, that if he puts something in our hand for season and takes something away for season, we're okay either way. That's the type of heart God wants us to have. And so it's like, you know, God may give us a nice house. The Lord's blessed me and my wife with a beautiful home. And and I drive a, a nice car because Relevant has been successful. But it is in an open hand state. And if God was to ever ask us to walk away from those things, without a second of hesitation, I would. Without a second of hesitation. Somebody literally may come over to my house and go, I can't believe he would spend this much money on a house. But they don't know that my heart, I could walk away tomorrow. You know what I mean? And I could, and I probably will at some point. But you know what? It's like, that stuff doesn't matter to me. And maybe that's why God is okay trusting me with it, because I'm not going to clutch onto it. I'm okay walking and dropping it at any second. And and it's like, in anything in our life, though, you know, we work, we work, we focus, we sweat we, for this thing, whatever the thing is. It's a dream in our life. It's a ambition we have. It's a whatever it is. The second we get our eyes onto that thing and off of God and close our fist around that thing, God can't bless it because we're holding on to it. And so when I look at these ministers and whatever, yeah, there's a lot of ministers whose focus is on stature and and prestige, and they think that prestige is purchased, so they got to get the bigger car to show the other ministers that they're as important or more important than they are. And then the second they do that, their eyes are on those things and off of God, and they put their fist around that thing. And God can't bless that. But I also know that there's a lot of ministers out there that have millions upon millions upon millions upon millions of dollars, and they couldn't care less. They would have been, they would be just as happy with that 50 member church and God can trust those people. And I don't know whether these ministers we're talking about are the open handed people or the closed fisted people. Only God knows that. But I guarantee you the fruits will definitely t- show themselves in time. And, and that's all we have to go on. That's all the Bible says, you know, and it's like, if we look at something and go, I think that that's slimy then we don't live our lives that way. You know, that's all we can do with it is just, you know what, say, I see what's going on on the pulpit and God, if I'm ever in that position, please remind me what this looks like. So I don't repeat this because I don't want that to be my life. And that's all we can do, you know? You should write a column about that. <laughs> oh, now that it's out of your system. You yeah, know. now I'm done. <laughs> or we could just and transcribe I'm that. spent. <laughs> <laughs> Up next, a live performance by the Myriad. <laughs> Listening to Tenacious D, the song is a classic. It's called Tribute. Um, it's not the greatest rock song in the world. It's a tribute. It's a tribute to the greatest to, rock song. Yeah. yeah. A cameo by Dave Grohl in that video. Yeah. If you want to see the video, which you absolutely need to do, um, <laughs> stop your podcast now and click over to Relevant TV and vote for it and watch it. It's uh, it's a classic. So you're listening to Tenacious D. Um, now we have a performance by the Myriad. First heard the Myriad about a year ago or so, and they're on Floodgate Records. They've got an album out called "You Can't Trust the Ladder." You never trust the. You can't trust the ladder. That's it. I always call it "Never Trust the Ladder." Um, they're from Seattle, Washington. They're on Floodgate Records. Uh, go pick up their album. They're a great band, good friends of ours. So here they are. 
I'm going out So uh, we're here with the Myriad. Um, do you guys want to introduce yourselves? Or I guess two, we're here with uh, two-fifths of the Myriad, I should say. Right? Yeah. This is Jeremy. And I'm Steven. Cool. So you guys are working on a new album, right? Yeah. Do you guys want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. We're going into the studio in August. It's coming out winter of this year. We had a, a year on the road to really think about what we wanted to write for our next record. And, and uh, it's coming out just as we hope. Yeah, we're, we're really excited about it. We sort of set this bar where if if it's something that came naturally and came easy that it probably wasn't something that was going to make the second record so we've sort of are trying to stump ourselves and push ourselves in new directions and it's it's been a lot of fun we've started playing some of the new songs live which is fun to watch them take shape in that way as well and uh other than uh, other than the new album anything uh uh anything new going on with you guys that we should be aware of or i think it's all about the new record right now i, mm-hmm. I think when you spend so much time in a van like I guess a lot of bands get to tour extensively before their first record, mm-hmm. and the myriad had we had done our fair share, but nothing like last year, to where it was like eight months pretty solid on the road, mm-hmm. and so you start to figure each other out and um, learn how to make music together, and it almost feels like this next record. I mean, it's just it's like we we've we figured out what we want to do, and so all of our energy is going to that, and. Um, yeah, that's kind of where our minds are twenty four seven right now. So. Well, the uh, the album out now is uh, I, I always get it wrong. Is it never trust the ladder or you, you can't, can't trust the ladder? ladder. See, I always used to say never trust the ladder, and then someone corrected me. You can't trust the ladder. It's out now, and the new album will be out probably this fall. Right? Probably winter time. Probably winter. All right, yeah. cool. Well, thanks for stopping by, guys. Yeah, thanks for having thanks. us. Yeah. Listening to the Dandy Warhols. The album is All the Money or The Simple Life Honey. How poignant is that? The album is All the Money or The Simple Life Honey. Mm. It's not the album, that's the song. Sorry, that's the song. Maybe we should put them on the cover.
see what they think about this. And I could write a column. So how do you guys feel about the prosperity gospel? Yeah, we do have a... <laughs> like the home? <laughs> the what do you want? Oh, I saw them at the Troubadour last year. They rocked. <laughs> we do have a story in the magazine about this, the Ed Young piece that we did. Yeah. Was, was that um, March, April? Uh, Derek Webb. Oh, yeah, March. Uh, no, or the Wait. issue before Lee Nash. Lee yeah, Nash, yeah, the yeah, March issue. Lee, yeah. Yeah. yeah, March, April. Yeah, that's true. So go go uh, buy Turn a copy. <laughs> yeah. Go buy a copy at relevantstore.com for two dollars and support Jesse. He needs the money, but really that's not his focus. Yeah. But only only because he <laughs> feel, really feels passionate about it. <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to hear me pitching it. These guys are doing it for me. <laughs> Just kidding. All right, <laughs> I am passionate about it. About the money. About it all. It's all about the Benjamins. <laughs> about water. More money, more problems. Make money, money, make money, money. What? <laughs> Tyler, yeah, why man. did you sing that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and relevant feedback. We asked you last week what you were doing for Fair Trade Day on Saturday. And I'm sad to report that not many of you did anything. It's actually. I wonder if there was like events or anything even going on. You know what? What's sad to me is we ask them really stupid questions, and we get dozens, if not hundreds, of emails. <laughs> we ask them about fair trade. We get three, maybe four. Did, did Although, you see I'll be that? Honest, did, I didn't did, really do anything either. I slept so in for fair trade day. <laughs> Corey did, did Johnson he, emailed in and said, I buy stuff that has cheap fair prices on them. Is that what you're talking about? <laughs> uh, no, Corey. All right. So since this week's podcast is running so long, um, we're going to cut out the feedback section, but it's not like you guys actually overwhelmed us with responses anyway. Um, so for next week, come on, do us a solid and write in. All right. Here is this week's editorial question of the week. Editorial. Question of the week. Hey. What are the last three books that you read? Um, I, I'm you, you read the manual for Project Gotham Racing? <laughs> yeah, I, I read that. That's one. I'm actually reading a... Uh, I, re- I like pirates, and so I'm reading a book called Under the Black Flag, which is a, like about... Are you serious? Yeah. That's interesting. And then... Um, you like pirates. And then I, I actually... <laughs> I, I, I yeah I'm you know I, I had no idea that was a passion the of yours. New, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean movie. I'm actually I didn't really like it. Like I just said for an interesting because I grew up on the Virginia coast and I spent a lot of time in the Outer Banks Arr. and that's where Blackbeard was. And just as a kid, <laughs> I, I was always really into pirates. So I'm reading a book about. Really? really yeah. cute. Have you been to Pirates of the Caribbean down at Disney World? No. Actually, I have. I have. I did, I did the ride, and I no. thought it was so yes. lame. <laughs> like, yes. okay. All right, here's my thing about Disney World real quick. I know there's a tangent, but I went with what such... What about our podcast is not a tangent? <laughs> I went with such high tangent expectations, podcast. and everyone's like, oh, dude, it's so awesome, the crazy rides. I I was so disappointed with all the rides. Like it was all like animatronic. You don't little go boat for rides, rides, dude. And you don't go to Magic Kingdom either. Oh, for the parade. <laughs> but I decided that if if you know if I need a drastic career change, I'll probably be one of the chimney sweeps in the parade. <laughs> and I'll, I'll I'll learn to do like four backflips in a row because <laughs> those guys are pretty sweet. They because the kids got really excited because I think the chimney sweeps like started off the parade. You know, like are those the chimney sweeps? It's the parade no. is coming. I mean, no, it's just street cleaners. <laughs> yeah. No, those actually, are just, they're just street cleaners that just dance. <laughs> they're just maintenance guys. So email us at editorial at relevantmagazine dot com and let us know the last three books you've read. That brings us to the relevant update segment. Oh. As you remember, 
Last week on the podcast, we Tyler told us about the local American Idol-esque competition that he had been invited to join, and we were there. I don't, I don't know if words are really the, the proper forum to describe it, but we can try. Okay, let's set the stage. It's at a, it's at a local dueling piano bar yeah. called Howl at the Moon. And how, how many people would you say there? I, I was guessing around 200. Wow. How about this? It was full. Wow. Yeah, it was full. It was a fairly Big large event. piano bar. It was completely full and a lot of very serious singers. Except for one. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone took themselves quite seriously. I, I got there a little bit late. I missed his uh, opening round performance, which apparently was just a segment of a and song. I was, 30 when, seconds, when, yeah. When Cameron came in, I I was afraid because Cameron had a look on his face like, yes, this is going to be awesome. <laughs> and I knew that he missed the first round and I was afraid that that was it. Yeah. Well, we go, you know, so then, you know, they... they, they come up and they tabulated the, the crowd responses and the results from the first round and, and they announced that Tyler made it to the second round and we were ecstatic wow. oh, man. because and the second round was what two verses yeah it was two full verses of a song and it went from 11 contestants to six so it was a significant cut wow. yeah and Tyler's wife is there with a shirt that says text your vote for Tyler <laughs> and Tia our associate editor was there with a shirt that says Tyler is my idol it was awesome <laughs> so we were there, and um, I brought the video camera and was able to get the second round performance, um, right at the end of which a very strong poke happened on my shoulder repeatedly, and I turned around, there was this goon telling me that I wasn't able to record. But I did get the second round performance, and we can play the audio highlights now. was amazing yeah that was round two that was round two and uh we waited with bated breath for yeah. the results my and favorite parts of, of that were uh 
A, in the first verse, I didn't take nearly enough. Like, I only waited like one measure between verses or between lines instead of two. And I didn't know the lyrics to the second verse. Yeah, so that was the piano voice guy cracked, giving yeah. you the yeah. lyrics? Yeah, so, so he was feeding me the lyrics to the second verse. <laughs> and I just want to say, take that myriad. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we got these back to back performances and. Psh, you be the judge. Yeah, you know let I mean? the readers decide because I've wow. made my decision. So, uh, that was Tyler in round two. Here's Tyler giving himself a little pep talk. So how do you feel you did? How do you feel you did? You know, it's going to get. We'll see how the crowd thinks. We'll see what the, what the judges think. I'm comfortable with my performance. I go home tonight. I'm good. You know, I feel like I ended on a high note if I ended at all. Round three, here we come. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, okay, let me dead. just let me just put it this way. The other people in the competition were there to sing. They're the type of people that hold the mics with their fingertips and tap it with their pinky to keep time. You know what I'm talking about? It was those were the women and the men were like salesmen and accountants who but but a little creepy. A little like creepy guys who don't have many friends and so they go to karaoke bars to be like stars. They unbutton their shirts four or five buttons down. After the first round, um, all the contestants had to go and, and, and wait in this line for something. And uh, one, of those, one of those dudes comes up to me and goes, hey, man, that was fun. That, that wasn't in your key at all, you know, but, uh, but that was fun. Trash talking. And I'm like, dude, Ooh. dude. So I'm like, ha, 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 yeah, yeah, huh. When they hit him in the head. Jerk. Here's another lady. Acapella Black Velvet. She started the song oh, with the terrible. band and she actually cut the guy off. The piano yeah. song goes, I love you, but I'm going to do this acapella and went and did acapella. Well, the third round comes and and basically I, you know, I, I, I'd been tapped on the shoulder by this goon and I said, you know what? I'm still going to record it. I don't care. Cameron one time looked at me and goes, I don't care. And pulled the camera back out. And then he, he proceeded to put it behind my shoulder and, and actually use me as a human shield. But I, uh, and then I tried to duck it in my shirt and just kind of get the audio feed. But, um, uh, I didn't press record. Mm. So I don't have the, the third round song, which was Billie Jean. And Tyler, by this point, has really loosened up. The crowd's on his side. He decides to just go for it. Like Michael Jackson? I feel a little more confident. Yep, Michael Jackson. Like round one, I didn't have the crowd on my side, so I was, I was a little uptight. Round two, I was feeling a little better. By round three, I knew the crowd liked me. I knew I had it. You, you know? owned it. Final three is guaranteed to get a prize. Uh, first place... First place was uh, a, a weekend vacation, $100, $100 at cash. Best Buy. No, at Best Buy. And a case of Heineken and <laughs> a recording session at a local recording studio with the bar band. That was the first place. And they Second were good place, band. They were very good. Second place was a video iPod, a case of Heineken, and that's all, right? There's and a Heineken guitar. Oh, that's right. A Heineken guitar. <laughs> and third place was who cares? It was like a hundred bucks. It was a hundred bucks cash or something like that. So Tyler gets up on the stage for the final round and tells the crowd, thanks for voting me for the final round. I really want a video iPod. He's <laughs> <laughs> like telling him where he wanted to finish off, oh, yeah. basically. But did the crowd listen? The crowd, oh, so he goes into Billy Jean. The, he had a full band. He's, we're talking bass. We're talking drums. We're talking everything. 
do 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 you know just going tyler gets up there doesn't know a third of the lyrics it seems like but just goes to town they put a hat on him michael jackson hat halfway through the song some bartender lady runs up and throws one of those plastic latex gloves on him he's 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 doing every michael jackson piece he knows oh that's he's saying lyrics like i don't know the lyrics to the song so i'm just making it up but he's just throwing everything he's got Head into it. The house came down. Down. Uh, oh, yeah. I attempted to moonwalk. I spun around. Uh, I did. The, I even busted out the Thriller dance, which I know it wasn't the right song, but you know nobody cared. Yeah, nobody cared. The other two contestants, both incredibly serious. Both of them um, were there to win. Um, both of them were not very good. Let me oh, let me just so go funny. ahead and play the announcement for you. Oh, Kelly. Kelly won third. Kelly won third. Oh, well, interesting. That means Tyler's one or two. To Second place to Jim. Uh-oh. Tyler. Tyler won it. <laughs> that is unbelievable. I just have to say I've never been more proud of anybody in my life, Tyler. It, it was one of those That's magical so evenings of my life. It was unbelievable. I, You know, the thing, when the voting came in, when the voting, when we were voting, it was one of those, all three were on the stage, he puts his hand over, let me hear you for Kelly, let me hear you for Jen, whatever. Except what's funny is that I would say the middle of the room was there with the singers. They, they yeah. were friends and family of the singers. The, there was a, a bunch of drunk women up toward right by the stage on the left side. And then there was our part of the room. And it was very clear when Kelly would go, the middle of the room would clap and scream. And when Jim would you know, go, the middle of the room would clap and scream. The people were there for the singers. And when they said, what about Tyler? It was all the drunk people and us just were going <laughs> ballistic. And we were just, ah! and I just, Tyler, Tyler, Tyler. The entire place erupts in a Tyler chant that would not die. Yeah. It, it's, have you guys seen Rudy? Anybody yeah. seen Rudy? Rudy, it, Rudy not only did not only Rudy. did everyone start chanting Tyler, it was like one of those chants that'll give you chills. Yeah, it, it really would give chills. It even got the stone faced people who were in the middle of the room. They were Tyler, like the bouncers Tyler, were, Tyler. you know, they, yeah, they, they were they were doing wow. a little softer, yeah. but they were doing it. They were everybody, fist pumping. everybody Tyler. was there. Wouldn't stop. The MC's like, stop it, doing waving his That's arms, amazing. like like be quiet, be quiet. It was so obvious he won, and then then he won. And, and, so and, tell us what you won, Tyler. Well, okay, just like Rudy can't really play football very well, I really can't sing very well either, which is you know part of the fun of it. I actually felt really bad because the people, the other people up there, really like you know pride themselves in their singing, Aww. and I was like, um, yeah, I can't Here, sing. But here's here's I can what entertain. we were so excited about when Tyler went up to the stage to uh, uh, you know get his prizes. They had to go to the you know Jesse and I are just reveling in the victory we're over there saying he's got a he's got a recording session with his band we'll we'll record these songs we'll make a cd we'll press them up we'll 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 debut it on the podcast we'll sell them on the relevant store and like the cd artwork he would be like busting out of the background riding unicorns riding Ah. like a unicorn there'd be like a rainbow behind him he'd have like a a silk shirt with like partially unbuttoned and he's kind of in outer space and kind of like in a field yeah and then he comes over and tells us he gave away the recording session. I uh, gave it away. I gave it away to Kelly. Kelly, a part won. of she a part did of, not deserve hey, the recording session. I a part of me died session. right there. <laughs> I know. A part of me died. But you know, um, I, what would I record? What would I record? Uh, Ring of Fire. Ring of Fire. Billie Jean. <laughs> Mustang Sally. 
But here's the, the hits. Thing. I wanted the I wanted the iPod. I was there for the iPod. But you could have kept the recording it. session. Yeah. You didn't get anything from Kelly. No, it was um, I got the uh, I got the iPod. I got the guitar. I got um, a twenty four pack of Heineken, which you threw away, right? <laughs> <And> right. <laughs> But which he had which he gave to homeless people, with. right? Um, <laughs> so we were bummed. I, you know, I wish, I, yeah, give away the vacation, give away whatever. I don't care. Get your video iPod. I just wish you would have kept the recording session. Yeah. I wish we could have captured the the magic that even that w- that was happening this morning as everyone came into the office office and was finding out. Even last night there was text messages. Everyone. Yeah, I was texting everybody I, who I had their number. Tyler one, Tyler one, Tyler one. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tyler, why didn't you sing a gospel song? See, my thing is that I don't want to. I, I don't want to sing those songs as passionately as I talk about Jesus passionately. Oh, so I love it. <laughs> Take that, Jesse, <laughs> <laughs> and it all comes back around. So I guess that leads us to the special announcement that this video of this legendary performance is actually available for your viewing pleasure. Um, it's not at relevantmagazine.com. We don't want to be associated with it officially in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> I don't want to be associated with it in any way, shape, or form. Well, it's too late for that. But it's you can find it at duellikerealmen.com. Because well, we've gotten several emails saying, what's the story with duellikerealmen.com? Yeah. If you if you remember last week's podcast, at the, very, the little snippet at the end, and if you tune out early, shame on you, but there's a little snippet at the end, usually some random noise or phrase that was uttered some from the nugget. podcast. A nugget. That's a good phrase. So, a nugget at the end. Well, last week, I had two nuggets. I couldn't decide between the two of them, so I just combined them. And it turned out to be duellikerealmen.com. <laughs> so, we got these emails from people going, what the heck is duellikerealmen.com? And are you trying to tell us something? And the answer is obviously yes. <laughs> yes, yes, we <laughs> something are. Something very important. So, we didn't know what to put on there until Tyler's performance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so you can go over to duellikeroman.com, be part of the revolution. You can watch watch Tyler's piano duel, but you can also uh, send us your own piano duel. See, this is becoming like Lost, where you know you you listen to the podcast, and then there are little clues about yeah, you're you go on to the secret. And, yeah. It's not really a clue. We told him to go to duellikeroman.com. Yeah, well, <laughs> you get my and point. Another, get another my point. Uh, sweet thing about this video. It's There's also clue. subscribe to the magazine. <laughs> Yeah, subscribe. It's a subtle clue. You might you might be on to other good stuff. Another another thing that they can do with this video is actually on YouTube and Google Video. The title is duellikerealmen.com. So feel free to embed it into your MySpace page. Um, blasts are all over the internet. Oh boy, I'm gonna I'm gonna kill a lot of people. You thought you were performing in front of 200 people. You didn't realize you were performing in front of tens of thousands. <laughs> What I want you Thanks, people. Guys. What I want you people to notice is is on the verses he's 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 really performing. On the choruses he starts this little cowboy squat move. <laughs> yep. That's he my, grabs his belt and starts doing this cowboy it's my, it's, squat. It's my country music dance. <laughs> there, you may also, if you watch the video carefully, you may hear a voice crack. I don't know. I've only heard it several I, times. I've only watched it two dozen times. Yeah, and but heard it on, every time. It's on. It's on the second <laughs> second chorus. There's a little. Uh, See, I don't know if I should be proud or ashamed right now. So very ashamed. You're you're a legend. You're a living legend in my own mind. In our minds. I really I really hope he becomes the next like Star Wars kid. Duel like yeah. real men. Start. You know, we're starting a movement here. We are um, throwing down the gauntlet. Uh, we are challenging other people to piano and singing duels. Uh, so you can at duellikerealmen.com. You can send in your own duel, and we will post the challenges, and people can vote on the winners. 
And that they will be manly duels. They they must be manly duels. <laughs> they must be. Women can participate, but they must duel like real men. Yeah. <laughs> so to relive part of the glory with us, you can head over to duel like real men. Dot com. <laughs> I wasn't ready. Or dot org. <laughs> there's no doubt no work. <laughs> That's actually a very serious organization <laughs> for, for for dueling men. To report <laughs> men to duel. Yeah, they they, they, they report all kinds of dueling men and put, try to put a stop to it. But no, they try to put a stop to men not dueling like real men. Yeah, <laughs> they, they they wimpy dueling. Yeah, that's what that's exactly. they're what they're fighting. <laughs> All right, so go check that out. Email us uh, your responses to the editorial question of the week of what three books you most recently read. Much thanks to the Myriad. Next week, tune in. We'll have an interview with the guys behind Invisible Children. We'll also have a performance by Sleeping at Last. So it'll be an episode you won't want to miss. That'll do it for this week. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Kara Davis. I'm Jesse Carey. And I'm Tyler Clark. Don't stop believing. Make money, money, make money, money. What? (laughs) Tyler, why did you sing that? Dot com.